Welcome to this week's podcast from New Clipping Church. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for um, the work that you are doing. We come to you, Lord, hungry and uh, thirsty, desperate for you. We, lo- we know, Lord, you know, you know exactly where we are, and you know exactly what we need. We cry out for more of you. That, that today there will be a, a work of the Spirit that we will talk about. That today is the, 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 the day of turning around. That as we turn around towards you, you turn things around for us. As we turn around to see you, you turn things around towards us and you create a place, a path in the wilderness and a streams in the desert, that there's going to be a miracle, that we are going to rejoice in the miracle. Lord, that this is not only provision for us, it's provision for those around us. This is not only provision in the, in the, in, in the material, in this world, it's provision in the spirit to feed the hungry with the word of God, to feed the hungry with a miracle from God. Father, pray, Lord, that our hearts today will be so sensitive to your word that you will uh, uh, awaken us to this new reality of revival. This is what you have decreed and what you want to see here in Brian Coral Station and here at the Equipping Church. So, Father, we call everybody for uh, to, to listen, to the spirits to listen, and, and Lord, to, uh, that we all pay attention to what you, have, to you are saying and we will respond by faith that we will respond to your word by faith and obey you, obey you, and we will see that miracle take place in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm always amazed about God, how God works. I really wanted to have this time of uh, prayer in, in the spirit and all that, but since uh, Pastor Susanna has done it already, I thought, I thought I'm just going to pray and, uh, and, and move on because there's so much today that this is a miracle. And... Uh, um, I, I find that I get uh, so excited with the Word of God. I get so excited that I talk very quickly and not everybody understands what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the problem. So I'm trying to open my mouth and, and shout a little bit today. Uh, but I'm not scolding you. <laughs> I think so. All right. So uh, I'm going to start with a little bit of a testimony. And testimony is extremely important because... Uh, because we need to share what God is doing in our lives. If we went through that revival to those two, those two nights of meetings and we were just we went back to the same, then nothing happened. And we have to be honest with God and with each other. Okay. Well, fortunately, something happened to me. I've just been hungry, hungry and thirsty for God. I've been reading, reading the word, seeking God in his word like never before. Like never before. Even yesterday a miracle happened. And the miracle was that I was here praying like Pastor Jacob does. He prays at night, so I thought, well, I better follow. <laughs> yeah. But the flesh was, I mean, the previous times, like many times, I always refused to come here to pray. I refused, but then I felt that I had to come. So the reason I'm telling you that is not uh, uh, to boast in anything else and that God is at work. And uh, so we have to encourage each other with these changes. And, and whatever God has done in your life, I want to hear because that is going to edify me, see? 
I love to see what God is doing in the lives of people because that is how we, each, we encourage each other into good works. It's not to boast, hey, God told me this. I didn't expect the books to come yesterday, but when I took the books, I just fell to pray that thing. And I, uh, uh, anyway, so what else? Um, I, uh, I st- uh, believe that uh, uh, sometimes when you are getting closer to God and you're hungry for God, um, temptations come your way. I mean, there's some things that are trying to hinder you from doing that. Um, either you get very busy, either someone scratches your car, like it happened to me, and then you had to come out there and say, God bless you. <laughs> Where is your, where is your, uh, <laughs> your insurance? And I don't have a clue what to do now. I don't, give me just your insurance and all your money. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Uh, but uh, um, what I'm saying is that, that we have to leave all those distractions and whatever comes against us, uh, we will overcome, but we have to understand that those things are fuel for the Holy Spirit to refine us, okay? So if you are not tested, if someone doesn't insult you, you wouldn't have a chance to uh, forgive them. <laughs> uh, and a lot of times we have to, we get a lot of practice in forgiveness because people, well, God, will, God will send people to us to test us. Uh, is there any work being done there? Uh, are we talking so much about forgiveness? Okay, let's get some practice. That's what God said. Get some practice, forgive people, forgive people. And you will forgive people and make it a lifestyle. Do you know when? when you have an encounter with God at the cross. All right, so uh, any other testimonies, I'll just, if uh, the Holy Spirit prompts me, I'll just tell you, but otherwise I'd like to share, uh, I'll start with the introduction to the introduction. We need new, new vocabulary, yes. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. And thank you so much for encouraging the body. And also, uh, so sometimes this, this is, uh, Sherry with, uh, if, I cannot give you the microphone to everybody, otherwise it's going to go haywire. But uh, in times of fellowship, don't talk about negative things, just talk about what God is doing. And encourage each other. We need, we need uh, a new vocabulary to uh, help us move into revival. Uh, and uh, some of you were connected and listening to uh, Pastor Owens yesterday on Facebook, and she was talking about the fourth dimension. And the fourth dimension meaning, hey, the race that we have is not horizontal, it's not physical, it's not in this world, it's vertical, it's race, and it's not competition. It's everybody, we are seeking God, okay? Is that why, is that way. We are seeking God because it's, he's the only one who can give us the victory and can uh, show up and make as things work for us in terms of his will being done through us. Uh, he has, I see all of you today here and I see a huge potential. You have huge potential in God. We all have. This is not competition, this is collaboration. We have to work together in unity to see what God has for all of us, amen? Uh, and a revival is great, it's awesome, but it's a lot of work for everybody. Uh, so if you don't want to work, uh, it should make you tremble because you are going to run away so fast that I'll be, I'll be shocked. We are going to be shocked. Where are you? I don't know. I call you, text you, go to your home. What happened to you? 
And then you tell me that I'm just running away. <laughs> All right, I'm just speaking truth. So we need a new vocabulary, and this is the, the concept I want you to have. And this is going to help us tremendously. Tremendously. And it's from the Word of God, but you just have to put it in certain language that we will all understand. And what is the word? The word is working theology. What is your working theology? And you say, well, so what do you mean by that? I'll tell you. How much do you know God? How much do you know the word? What do you do with what you know? What, do, what are you doing with your life with what you know? Do you know a lot and you do very little? How much does your, our lives, how much does um, our life, how much do our lives present or represent our faith, our, the manifest presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit? How much of that? To what extent are we obedient to the word of God in our daily living? I mean, when people see your life, don't say a thing. When they see your life, do they see Christ? In what you do, by what you do. Now do you understand what working theology means? <laughs> see, it helps us because uh, Jesus said, if you don't, if you, you can hear what I say forever, if you don't do anything, you are not building. And if you're not building by faith, whenever the test comes, you, are, you will have no faith. You have nothing. Okay, so that is something that I will be asking you because I'm just trying to be nice. All right, so this now that is the, just to, to start. I'm going to go 100 miles an hour. No, that's wrong. I will go 200 miles an hour. All right, John the Baptist. So I want to talk to you about preparing the way. I believe that God wants to prepare the way and we, he wants us to prepare the way. The way for what? For visitation of Jesus Christ. Uh, when he comes up, shows up, Things are going to change, and we want him to change everything. It's a bit of a mess. Revival is messy, but it's necessary because it's the end of the works of men and the beginning of the works of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, so then we don't. We will be always very humble. Why? Because you will tell me, hey, "This is what I went, and this is what happened." Uh, and I say, "So how did it happen?" And you said, "I don't know, but God did it. <laughs> God did it. So praise God." <laughs> Oh, because we are all bringing miracles everywhere we go. Out there is so important. Out there is important. So John prepared himself by seeking the Lord to know his message. Now, the message of John the Baptist is a message from Isaiah, and I will read that in a minute. And, um, but he also sought God to release that message at the perfect time. Uh, say with me, perfect time. Okay, now is the perfect time for revival. Huh? And Daniel had done that with the word of Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote, and he spoke about 70 years in captivity. And Daniel said, well, a prophet has said it. I'm a prophet. I'm taking it because I'm another prophet. And I'm releasing it. I'm believing it. I'm praying it. Because the time has come for this to take place. So it takes a speaking. It takes a receiving. And it takes an implementing. And that's what John was doing. John was taking Isaiah the same way that Daniel took Jeremiah. So John knew the word that God wanted him to release, and he was prepared for it. Now, how did he prepare? God took he, God dealt with him, um, really got him uh, to have a lifestyle that I don't know if any one of us want to have that lifestyle. Uh, you know what he was wearing? Nobody knows what John the Baptist was wearing. His his clothes, his uh, 
What? Camel hair. Thank you so much. Huh? All right. How many of you want to wear camel hair day in day out? All right. No. How, what was he eating? It, he was eating locust and honey. Locust and honey for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> okay. Wow. Anybody wants to do that? <laughs> but it's good to know because he was prepared. He just was obedient. So when the word came, he just spoke the word and he birthed a move of God that brought thousands of people into repentance of baptism. So he brought, John the Baptist has a tremendous ministry. Why? Because he birthed a move of God. By, what? by doing what? Just declaring what God had said. When? At the right time. By how? By getting, be prepared. He was prepared. And then, by the way, Daniel was also prepared. How did Daniel prepare himself for that? By saying, I just don't want to eat what other people eat. I'm going to eat what God tells me to eat. I want to drink what God tells me to drink. And that was against, Daniel was uh, doing something that could have got him into trouble because that was defying the rules of the moment in Babylon. He was defying the culture. Well, that's a message in there. Anyway, let's move on. He was chosen to, um, so John the Baptist, he's called the Baptist for one only one reason, because he was the chosen vessel to baptize Jesus Christ. So first of all is ministry to Christ, then is ministry to others, okay? Uh, because the, Jesus, the, the, the ministry that we have unto Jesus, that defines who we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anybody wants to say amen to that? That would be good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I believe that, uh, uh, now this is, a, this is a, I'm going to get Pastor Chico into trouble. This is a, a word for Pastor Chico, Pastor Anna, and all of us. Okay, to all of us, all of us, wake up. There are so many words that have been spoken over the Brazos Valley. It's time to, for us to take those words and start praying and speaking them into being. Uh, so you just cannot say, uh, God said it, uh, God said it 20 times, so he will do it. Amen. That doesn't work because this is how we are, we are learning from the Bible that Daniel and John the Baptist took hold of the word when time had come. All right. And I believe that thousands of people are going to come to Christ. That's just not, I don't have any, I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, this is very interesting. I just want to share with you the prayer. I, mean, I don't know, all of you have seen the prayer that, uh, that he had over, over Pastor Jacob, uh, this uh, Pastor Kim Owens in uh, Arizona, but uh, she, she had to pray the thing that I find most uncomfortable. And this is that the Kyle field will be filled with uh, worshipers, 110,000 worshipers. Praise the Lord. Yes. That, you know how much is that in terms of the population of Bryan College Station? It's about 50%. 50% of our population just go to the Kyle field. Is that a move of God or not? And you see, I didn't tell Pastor Kim Owens, can you please say that? She said whatever the Holy Spirit was telling her. But the fact is that there is something to be overthrown over this place. It's called the Aggie Spirit. Yeah. Uh, Aggie Spirit. And it has to become, that has to be surrendered, that has to be overcome, dethroned, so that the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ can take its place. Why? Because God wants to move there. And one of the basic reasons I believe with all my heart is that God has ordained prosperity to that church to be transformed, to that church. Yeah, university that will become a church to be transformed, to be transformed so that the nations that come, there are many people, 
that can come here from India, China, wherever, and be discipled on fire, revivalists, to go back to the nations. And we have a role to play there. And that is why we had all those dinners for international students. And I'm just praying for God to give me grace to do it one more time. I'm really feeling like Peter. Let's go into the deep. Cast your nets again. I'm tired. I just... <laughs> Pray for me. All right. I believe that God wants to do something amazing at the university, and it's going to impact the city. You, know, you don't know how much money goes through that, because it's shocking. Billions of dollars. Amen. So, preparing the way. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Moses. This is final, a final introduction, I promise you. The people that were delivered in Egypt, they were delivered because they came to an understanding. They came to the senses, okay? And they just got tired of being slaves. <laughs> Put it that way. And that pressure was increasing. And uh, so the revelation of our suffering, being chained to this world, where nothing satisfies us, will bring us to cry out to God for deliverance. That is what God is bringing to us. Only a revelation of our true condition of being a bit more changed to the world than we think. It's nothing, there's no condemnation that I'm bringing here. I'm just trying to bring revelation so that God will step in and change a culture and it will not be any more American Christian culture. It will be kingdom culture. So the people of Israel cried to the, God, to the Lord, and, and he sent somebody. He sent Moses. Okay, so praise the Lord. He, he, I don't think he, has been a, he had been a some tremendous uh, charismatic leader, but he had the word of God, and he had the, the commission. He was commissioned and sent by God. Okay, so God made a way for him. And this is very, very important because sometimes the deliverer doesn't look the way we want him to look. And he doesn't speak with his perfect English. Well, there you go. That's a big word there. But anyway, uh, the, the problem that the Egyptians found and what we found ourselves is this. is The problem we are finding is that uh, we want deliverance, but we have no purpose. So the, the people in, e in Egypt said, please deliver us. But they didn't ask the right questions because they were not good in creative thinking like me. Um, but I'm telling you, what are the questions are? What are the questions that you want to ask yourself when God brings you deliverance? Because that's the problem we face in the church. You want deliverance? Yes, yes, deliver. Oh, praise the Lord. Demon, wow, demon. What for? So the question here, and God told Moses, but he didn't make it into the central message. God told Moses, but he didn't say, this. you have to burn for this. You have to bend for this. Where are we going? So, yes, there is revival, but where are we going? There is deliverance. Where are we going? What is the answer that, that Moses had for them? You are delivered to worship God in the mountain. Now, we think we're yet delivered to enter the promised land, but that is a second purpose. It's not the first purpose. The first purpose is we are delivered to worship God. Are you delivered? Yes, how has your worship life changed? 
So how do we do that? Um, praise. I just don't know such a mighty deliverance. I mean, we get used to what God does and we, we familiarize and we despite what God does and we're in trouble. What a mighty deliverance. That's the whole thing about the uh, parting the river. Is that correct? And you see the Egyptians die and all that. They start singing. Continue singing forever. That song is going to bring you to the presence of God. The song of what God has brought you through will bring you to the presence of God, to the next appointment. There was a next appointment and God told them, can you please get ready for this? They didn't say please. Get ready. Three days. Can you do three days of this? They couldn't. And they couldn't because they had been delivered from Egypt, but Egypt was still inside of them. And they did not know it. So when Moses left, Egypt came out, and that's the golden calf. Another message. But anyway, how do we do that? By preparing ourselves. How do we prepare ourselves? Well, I believe that that's at least a few things, a few things, but one of the things we can do is just seek God for who he is, not what, for what he's going to do for us. Okay? And because what's going to happen is that every single time that God meets with us, he's, there's going to be... There's going to be a requirement. I remember, I remember uh, one of the highlights of my life with Christ was the moment, and uh, some of you are going to hate me for this, but never mind, I'll tell you. <laughs> the moment that I brought the my TV to the altar. <laughs> we didn't have TV for a few weeks. <laughs> I was thinking, hallelujah, I wish I was on fire. Then another TV came, another TV, and then that was a problem. I think revival is going to, I mean, we, we are going to have so many TVs for sale. <laughs> aye, aye. All right. So the whole thing here is that God wanted the people of Israel to be delivered and transformed there at the mountain. Okay. I know this is going to be something uh, uh, something strange to hear, but I don't think that God wants you completely holy so that you can, we can have revival. You know, in other words, we're going to revival also a little bit messed up. And the, the product of revival is that we are sanctified. In other words, you are not the same in revival than before revival. If you tell me you are exactly the same, there's no revival. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to start somewhere. And that's what John the Baptist is about. He's starting somewhere. Can we repent of something? Can we start doing something different? Differently. So, so it is that transformation. It is that transformation that happens at the mountain. That is what empowers you to conquer the city. That is what empowers you to conquer the city. See, the problem we're facing is that we bring people things that we don't have. That's why revival is essential. It's not a fashion, it's not something, revival is not something and add on to God. Revival is what all we all need. We need to go to a mountain to have an encounter. And what did Moses bring? Moses brought two things. The presence of God, because people couldn't see him. And the second thing, he brought the word of God. 
So you be prepared to receive these two things. Because if you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, he will give you of his presence, manifest presence, so people, uh, demon, de demons will manifest around you. So you have to start casting out demons. That's number one. Number two, God will give you a word for them. But this, will work, this word is not going to be just for, in your, for information, for their information. It's going to be for their transformation. Because the Holy Spirit is going to validate that word. The Holy Spirit will validate that word. Okay. I think it's enough about Moses. But I can tell you one thing. The same thing that, uh, that God wanted to happen in that mountain is what God had ordained for the upper room. Pentecost is also an encounter with God. It's an encounter with the Holy Spirit as empowerment with the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? I know that because of what happened afterwards. What happened afterwards is that uh, um, 120 people were empowered. They were speaking a word. And people were connecting to that word. They were speaking the goodness, the, the greatness of God, the works of God. And people saying, hey, I can understand that. They were communicating what God was saying. These are 120. They had a word to share. But in terms of leadership, it was only not, not only Peter. Peter with the other 10. They all uh, stood, but there was only one voice. So it's 11 people, but one voice. They were in unity. But to speak a message, and the message that, uh, that Peter um, spoke brought the presence of God. It was the word of God and the presence of God. How do I know, how do I know that this was a revival word? It's because these people were not informed, they were not informed of the gospel to say yes and say a prayer. They were cut to the heart by the Holy Spirit. In that moment, the 3,000 people became, became circumcised in the heart by the word of God. That's why you didn't have to convince them to be baptized. They said, what do we do now? You see, true transformation will always require baptism. You don't have to force people. Promise people want to be baptized without being transformed. Promise myself I'll talk for 40 minutes and this is a gift to you. <laughs> We're going to start, Amber, we will start sooner or later. <laughs> All right. I love, I, 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 my prayer is this, uh, that uh, always God use whatever sense of humor I have, but don't let your anointing, anointing go. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful with my sense of humor, but sometimes you need a bit, I think that a bit of laughter is good. It's like rain to us, but especially when you, we hear words that uh, shake us because we, 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 we are confronted with truth, with truth that show us in the heart that maybe we need to get saved again. At least uh, receive that word. <laughs> receive that word that Peter uh, spoke. And uh, and that, uh, have you ever? Have we ever felt a word being spoken to us that cut to the heart? Well, that is what revival brings. So that we don't become so conceited with the very small theology we all have.
Good word. <laughs> I'm talking about myself, by the way. <sighs> All right, so we go to Luke 3 3. Then we're going to go Isaiah 4, 43, and then Isaiah 43 something. <sighs> my notes, and I tried my best. Anyway, are we preparing the way, or is he preparing the way? The whole thing, the interesting thing about this, and he came to the region uh, around Jordan preaching baptism of repentance, baptism of repentance, and the forgiveness of sins. Great breakthrough there. And it's written, as it's written in the book of Isaiah prophet, the voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. When the prophet speaks prepare, there is a grace in that word for you to prepare. So as long as you ask God, he will do it. Why? Because he's the one speaking it. And I believe that this is what God is telling us today, prepare. But he's empowering you to do something that you were not able to do on your own. So preparation creates the faith required for visitation. Preparation creates the faith required for visitation. If I go one by one to you and say, do you want revival? Of course, you're going to tell me, yes, most of you. <laughs> but then I ask you, do you have the faith for revival? You're asking me a big thing. Then let us prepare. There is something that we can do to prepare. There's something we can sacrifice. Are we working so much that we cannot come to church? Is anyone hearing? No, they're not here because they're working. Maybe we can sacrifice that to be here, see? So what can we sacrifice to tell God? Or whatever can we sacrifice to tell God? God, uh, I heard this revivalist said that the house of God is the house of prayer. I'm very bothered by that. I'm very bothered. The reason is because I hate to go to prayer meetings. <laughs> so what if our preparation was to come to the prayer meeting for the first time? Wow. So there is no real repentance without humility, and repentance does not happen in a place full of distractions. So the whole thing about the wilderness, that place in the spirit, is a place where God will lead you so you are not distracted. It's a place where you are not distracted. So uh, let's move on to Isaiah, the third one. The third one we have with 43. 40, okay, I will not read this one. Do not call to mind the former things. My my eyesight is not that good. Uh, behold, I'm going to do. I'm doing a new thing. Now it will spring up. Will not be aware of it. I will ever even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Now the question I'm asking you: If God is promising that, it's a promise for God to, for us to say Amen every day. If God is, does it sound like making a way, prepare a way? It sounds to me. So the question that I'm asking you is. Is God going to do it or are we doing it? And the answer to that question is yes and yes. God will do it and we will do our part. So God will do it. We will align our lives to him so that he will do that work in our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Time flies. So I'm going to tell you quickly from Luke 3, 10 to 14. Uh, um, basically, the interesting thing about this uh, repentance that uh, the interesting thing about the repentance that John the Baptist uh, spoke about is this: that it's not like we sometimes do. 
I, I know that I lied to that person, and okay, I repent. And sometimes, I, sometimes we do repent about uh, every sin. God, I come before you, I repent of every sin. And God is asking you, so which one? So these people, they just came and say, hey, the, can you clarify this to us? So the response by John was, uh, if you have extra clothing, give to someone that doesn't have. If you have extra food, feed someone that doesn't have food. If you are collecting taxes, don't cheat them, don't collect more. If you are in the army, soldiers, also talks to soldiers, don't, don't use your position of power to exhort uh, people, to tell people what to do, to boss people around, and be content with your wages. Is, is, this, is this specific enough? Be content with your wages, that's a good one. So what I'm saying, and uh, now I'm just going to be, make it a bit more practical. If I've been under the, the um, a few pastors in my life, a few of them, but I have never met someone like Pastor Jacob. That's a privilege to have him here. So this is, a, this is an advertising, I know it's a bit of commercial for him. <laughs> so I'm going to create more work for him because he created for me here. <laughs> That's the tit for that. All right, so I'll, just, uh, I'll ask him to ask you, ask you, he has a tremendous amount of wisdom. So what are you facing? You want to find some repentance? You say to go to him and say, okay, I just want to repent of this, but tell me what to do. He will have something for you to do. <laughs> I know, because I've come to him, even if I didn't ask him, he told me. <laughs> and I knew it was not his, it's not his opinion. It was the Holy Spirit talking to him at that moment, because he has that grace. You don't become a pastor if you don't have that grace. So there are things that we can do. You see, I'm not telling you that that tax collector, that's the only thing he did wrong, all right? But that was his starting point. We need, in repentance, we need to have a starting point. Starting point. Say with me, today, I find my starting point. Yeah, let it be done according to the word of the Lord. Amen. So the whole thing here is that uh, um, faith that follows with actions, if you change your ways and start doing something that you were not doing before, that is uh, an act of obedience before God, you feel convicted, you are doing something different, and God will lead you to the next thing, all right? It starts somewhere. We have to start somewhere. So that's how we get prepared. We get prepared by starting somewhere. Huh? And I know that a lot of you have a lot of clothes. I don't, have, I don't need to have a word of knowledge for that. Question is, how are we going to start donating some of these clothes for people? Okay, maybe we have to send a, a, a box to Pakistan or somewhere. All right, so John, John 1.34 and John 1, the next, 29, thank you. And I myself have seen and have testified, okay, so John the Baptist gives us some gifts, extra gift, extra gift, apart from the repentance, there's something extra for us. Sowing some seeds. Now, do people understand? Maybe not, but sometimes when you're starting in this thing about revival, you have to speak things to people that they don't understand. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will make it known to them. All right, so he says, hey, and I've seen and I've testified, this is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. How many people were, at that moment, how many people were saying, hey, yes, Jesus, Son of God? Nobody. 
What is the other verse? Oh. And behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right, so this is a proclamation of the cross. How many people were proclaiming the cross at that time? Nobody. How many, understood, how many people understood that? Nobody. But sometimes, in times of revival, you have to say the thing that nobody understands so they will understand. That is what it means going forward in the Spirit. Going forward in the Spirit is speaking a different language. And that's what I'm going to speak to you about in the whatever times that I have left, which is going to be 45 minutes. It's about 10 more minutes. Can, you, can I get 10 more minutes from you? Say yes and amen. Thank you. <laughs> I give you the, answer, the question and the answer. That makes it, I make it easy for you. No. Do you want to have some points about what is this message about? This is something that will be very useful at this time. What am I talking about? Because there are only five points. Number one, I talk about proclaiming the word. Okay, proclaiming the prophetic word over Brian Station. That is extreme. If you only get that and you start doing that, thank you. We are moving somewhere. Second, to, second is seeking the king, embracing the cross by the spirit. Seeking the king, seeking Jesus Christ the king, seeking Jesus Christ the king by embracing the cross by the spirit. Number three, Sanctification by the word. We will be sanctified by the, the word. Jesus says, your word is truth. And am I sanctified? I'm sanctified by the word. And number five, four, we will be uh, endeavoring for the unity of the body of Christ in the spirit, the unity of the spirit. Uh, so these are like five messages there. So I have five minutes for the three. So it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm telling you the essence. This is called, some people talk about some people talk about the milk of the word. Some people talk about the meat of the word. I can only have, define what I say one way. It's called protein powder of the word. <laughs> what? Number, number four. Only four, sorry. I just combined two. I combined two. I just confused myself there for a minute. All right. So uh, we're going to, I'm going to read quickly, believe it or not, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, Philippians 3, uh, Luke 2, 9, 23, Corinthians 4. A lot, five of them. But it's very, very important because all those these things, they go together. And I'm just going to read them prophetically to you. So you say, yes and amen, this is what I want. Okay, so this is not my opinion. This is, this is just how God works. All right, so let's start with 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. Is that the one? Oh. So. It's because I have notes and I have a scripture and I don't have place. I just need a pulpit that is like five times this size. For I determined to know nothing about you, this is the Corinthians, who have some, you, do you know about the Corinthians? They have some problem with sin. Do you know that? They have some problems. So, but Paul was training them and speaking to them because he wanted to help them, shape them, disciple them to get rid of all this, those things. I don't want to tell them, you You can read the book of Corinthians, you will see. It's there for you to see. All right? But he said, I determined to know about you what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. All right, next one. Next, Amber. Whew, yeah, thank you. And this is so that, this is from the Amplified. And this is so that I may know him. This is what Paul is saying about his desire to know Jesus. That I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly accounted with him, understanding the remarkable wordness of his person more completely in the same way, experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers, in me as well, and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings and being continually conformed to 
his death, or likeness, likeness even to his death, dying as he did. Next one. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. If you want to follow Jesus, great. Follow this. He must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Next one. I often, brothers and sisters, by the boasting in, in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, that I die daily, daily again. Next one. Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have also been baptized into his death? Wow. So all the scriptures, they work together to say one truth. What is that truth? You want to follow Jesus. Welcome to death. <laughs> So this whole thing is that experience of self-denial and the cross. Conforming to his death, death is essential if you want to experience resurrection life. Sowing in tears is sowing a life in the kingdom. The joy comes when you reap the life that he has promised. Praise God. Amen to that. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to tell you how to do that, uh, what the scripture says about doing that, because it's going to be very easy. The only thing is that we have to go 100% the way that the Lord says that we're doing that. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's go to Galatians 5.24, because this is those who belong to Christ. Okay, because we all think, yes, we belong to Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, well, let's say this. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. All right, so this is what we are going to learn how to do. This is the whole thing about discipleship. Discipleship is not about, yeah, can you get to know one more lesson? No, it's what, how are you conquering your temptations? Now, one of the interesting things that Jesus said was, Watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. I see a lot of Christians, they don't watch and they don't pray, so they fall into temptation. It's not, this is not rocket science, man. Now we're moving into the how. Luke 22, 44. Do we have that? And uh, being in anguish, he prayed more endlessly, earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. This is the most important prayer meeting that Jesus had. And the disciples fell asleep. So what I'm telling you is that it's not uncommon for Christians to fall asleep when it's time to pray the difficult prayer. But what I'm telling you here, and I will explain with Romans afterwards, is that if you want to overcome, we have to overcome the same way that Jesus overcame. And that is through prayer. And prayer, I don't know whether any one of us is going to start sweating blood, <laughs> I don't know, hope not. But there has to be some sort of intensity because <laughs> Jesus was facing the same thing. He said, I just don't want to do it. Help me, God, help me face the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ, the gift that he had for us was overcome, was accomplished in prayer. If we don't pray fervently with passion, with all our heart, every single thing that we have, we cannot enter into that, which means that is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to face the thing that we don't want to face, which is denying self and taking our cross and dying daily. The following Jesus Christ is not very difficult after that. Because every time that we experience death, the Holy Spirit is going to go there straight away to give you life. It's like, oh no, why was so difficult before? Why was I so religious? Yesterday, one of my highlights of my prayer meeting with God yesterday, this is what I did prophetically. I'm just going to give you some of the things that, and you tell me it's not God, that's fine. 
I said, God, I'm going to do one thing. I just want you to slap me, to slap my religious spirit out of me. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to give myself three slaps. Pa, 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 and then you do it, okay? And I did it. So I think that there's some of a religious thing around me that is being uh, broken. Amen. And I think we all need to do that. One Again, that's up to you. Let's go for it. Romans 8, 13. I'm going to give you two references. And then um, my last page, by the way. So it's good news. All right. So if we are living according to flesh, you're going to die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will, you will put, you are putting, if by the Spirit, let me see if I can read this. If by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Does it say, if by your flesh you try to become more holy, by trying your own way. Does it say that? No. It says, if by the Spirit, this is good news. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You, for all are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons and daughters of God. You have received not a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters. Amen. So you can read there that the interesting thing about this putting to death is that you are going to get a revelation of who? God, as what? As your father. Why? Because you will cry out, Abba, Father. Now, Abba, Father is something that we cry out because we don't have a clue what to do. But he will answer us. Why? Because we have come into sonship. All right. That's another message there. But never mind. Next one. Next one. Let's see if we have one more. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we will also be glorified with him. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit was telling me yesterday, and I just found it so difficult to, I wrote it down. I wrote it down because I, just, I wanted to pray. And I want to say, God, and this morning I typed it. I was thinking, is this such a simple thing? It's so difficult. The first steps of faith will bring you to the cross. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the moment you start sharing Jesus Christ with all your heart, people are going to come back to you. It's like, it's, some of them will not very happy. Will, will, they won't be very happy. They're going to call you names. You know, they're going to be doing a work in you that it will, it will bring your, ble- your flesh to nothing. If you want to engage in battle, start sharing the gospel. I'm not preaching to myself, by the way, okay? So they don't feel so bad. All right, Jeremiah 31:33. For this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and write it on their heart. And I will be the God and they shall be my people. The promise of God is that when you go and embrace the cross, you deny yourself, you go to the word, when there's a moment that God is going to take that word and he's not going to inform you, he's going to transform you. Why? Because he's writing, writing that word in your heart. And the heart is going to be a receptacle for the fire of God, the power of God. You receive that word, it's going to be like Jeremiah, bones in, fire in your bones. You will have to release it. You will have to share it. I don't have to tell you go and share. You will share. Why? Because the word has become a fire. The word is in your heart. It has been written there. What is the problem we are facing? Is that we come to church wanting to have the word written in our minds, knowing something about God. Never 
allowing God to reach and touch our hearts and write that thing in our heart. So there's no shortcut for revival. Uh, John um, 17, 17, uh, and I'm not going to read this, the whole scripture, but I just give it to you. Uh, if you read the book, the book of John chapter 17, this, uh, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. And uh, Jesus is praying for us that we will all be one, okay? So, the, and this doesn't mean that there is no leadership in the church, but everyone knows their place, because here we are to work together to seek God and see God move. It's not to boss people around, to serve people. So save people, serve people. And transform people, transform people, transform people. So there is no shortcut for revival, and this is the prayer that I had for God. And I want you to join all of all of you in me with me to pray this. And uh, and I'm going to I invite you to come here if you want to touch, uh, receive a touch from God, because I know that God is speaking today, and that He knows He's going to touch you. But there is no shortcut for revival. There's just no shortcut. So I'm just praying to God that there's going to be a moment where um, I mean, uh, Hindu temples do that. They have the temple open uh, 24 hours a day. Seven, seven, hour, seven days a week. Uh, Hindu, Hindu people are more prayerful than us. So I'm just praying that uh, there's going to be a move of God that's going to first going to lead us to come here to pray. Not because we are told to, to come to pray, because we want to come. We want to come. And we want to come not only Saturday mornings. Uh, sorry, I cannot make Saturday mornings. Okay, Friday night, can you make it? Thursday night, can you make it? There's going to be a time for you because there will be someone here at 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. praying with you. Hungry to seek God. Hungry for God to move. No shortcut for revival. The basic obedience of the gospel brings friction with the world. Friction will increase into conflict. Eventually, there will be persecution and character assassination. Sorry. Uh, you don't need your character anyway. You need only Jesus Christ's character. Yes, there is an end to the things of the world. We enter into a war to bring the gospel and of peace and his kingdom to this earth. As Jesus walked, so we must walk in the same relationship with the Father to, the, to manifest that word and power to the world. See, uh, Jesus showed us the way and the problem we are facing, this is the basic problem, is that we just don't want to follow him. Like for instance, and I'm not going to create theology now, but I'm just going to give you a suggestion, okay? So Jesus uh, went and got baptized and then he was led into temptation. So what happens when you get people baptized? They've, they're tempted. So I, that's why you don't see them around. So what if we help them by being transformed and going to fast and prayer? And we fast them. Imagine that we had 50 people here today being baptized. 50 people, all right? So revival, more or less, 50 people being baptized. How many of us are going to start fasting and praying for them and with them so they can overcome temptation? Because who tells you that they are going to walk a different walk than Jesus Christ when they get baptized? All right. So there is a different way in the spirit and we have to learn that thing. And this is what revival is going to bring us to. As we, as we continue to seek the Lord and his glory, let's remember that the Lord will use everything to shape us and form us, to build a godly, godly character so that we can receive the new wine, new power to do his will. One of the toughest things in this life, I don't know if you have um, faced the same thing. And I'm just pray. 
One of the th difficult things is uh, to let go of the things that we like, but we know, know that God doesn't like. I'm just being honest and real here, okay? Some things are good for the world. They are not sinful, but they are not profitable in the gospel. <clears throat> the, the, the word Jesus says that the cares of this world, our concern, can I make it this week? Can I make it this month? Do I have enough money? Is that really what God wants us to do? Our cares of this world and the pleasures of this world, entertainment galore. Entertainment galore. Whether it's sports or movies or whatever it is, entertainment. Those things choke the word. The problem we are facing is we are choking the word and we don't know it. So if you feel convicted today and you want to say, your God, I want to uh, walk into revival, I'm going to ask you to come over and I'll pray for you. Uh, this whole thing here is that God will prepare you. Even as you prepare yourself, God will prepare you. Understand one thing, uh, Pastor Jacob didn't go to Arizona because he didn't have anything else to do. That, that's not the case. He went to Arizona because the, God, the Lord told him to go there because because he has something for, uh, for him, for us. So the reason I'm pr praying, the way, uh, praying and preaching the way I'm doing is because I'm believing, I'm believing that uh, God will give you wisdom to prepare for what he's going to bring to you. Okay? Because we all need revival in our lives. We need to be accountable. We need to be open to God. And if you want to pray a new prayer this week, do, th do things differently. Just tell God your situation, your struggles. Just tell God, God, this is me. I want revival to take these things away. I want to go where you go. Father, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that as uh, we have received this word of embracing the cross, of uh, uh, denying ourselves, the difficult thing that is to deny ourselves when we are used to so many things. But you, God, you can step in and you will step in. You can help us to put aside the things of this world. To embrace the cross. Father, we want to pray like never before. Help us by the Holy Spirit to intercede. Because Lord, what you have for us in the Spirit is nothing else than death and life. <laughs> we thank you, Lord that you deal with us in such a way because you love us. You don't want our lives to be wasted. We don't, you don't want us to be just for the, to receive praise from people. Oh, you did very well. You want us to live for the praise that comes and the honor that comes from God. The validation that comes from God that no one can take away. Father, we pray, Lord, that today you touch our hearts and let this word by the Holy Spirit, cut our hearts, that He will do a circumcision, that something of the flesh will go and speak, Lord, life into that area, life into that area. Lord, and, and as many people as come here to receive something from you, I pray, Lord, you will touch them because today is the day of salvation and today is the day of empowerment. And Father, for those people watching from uh, in through Facebook, I pray, Lord, and that you will touch them as well. Revelation, obedience, transformation. Revelation, obedience, transformation for, for everyone. That even as they sow their lives into the kingdom, 
even as they die for Christ, they will live in Christ to bring life to others. This is our portion. This is your desire. And this is what you are doing here today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.